Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Salatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Inshallah tonight we are continuing with the series uh, The Ten Companions That Were Premised Paradise uh, By the Messenger of Allah Al-Ashra al-Mubashirun The ones that were given the glad tidings And so far we've discussed Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu And we've discussed Umar and tonight, inshallah, we were discussing Uthman ibn Affan. And once again, to highlight that, inshallah, the intention is not to give a detailed account uh, of their lives, uh, which would take, as we said before, many lectures and many hours, but just to give a small insight, a small summary uh, of their lives and pick out a few qualities uh, of that companion. Uh, that made him unique to everyone else to serve as an example for us. Inshallah, from that, um, each of us will go, uh, inshallah, and do more research and delve deeper into the lives of these companions to learn from them and take them as an example. So tonight, inshallah, we're looking at Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu. Uthman, a little bit about him before he became Muslim, he was from the tribe of Banu Umayyah. And there were two main tribes in Mecca. One was the tribe of Banu Hashim, and the other main tribe was the tribe of Banu Umayyah, and Uthman was from this tribe, radiallahu anhu. And even before Islam, Uthman, like Abu Bakr, was known for his good character, and he was known that even before Islam, he never drank, he didn't commit fornication, he didn't worship idols, and he was a merchant before Islam, and when his father died, he left him a lot of wealth. His father was also a merchant. So he took on after his father and he was a very successful merchant and he was known for his truthfulness and honesty. So even before Islam, Uthman, his unique character was like that even before Islam. He had these traits of never having worshipped idols, never drinking, never fornicating. So even before Islam, his character, Uthman, was never tainted. And we should see that even after Islam, all these traits uh, made him stand out even more. And so, when he his Islam, he became actually Muslim at the hands uh, of Abu Bakr. And we know Abu Bakr, when he became Muslim, um, he looked for a few individuals that were close to him and he knew their character and he called them to Islam. And Uthman was one of these men. He was a friend of Abu Bakr before Islam. And... Abu Bakr brought him to the Prophet ﷺ and he became a Muslim immediately. And he was like probably the first five or ten that became Muslim. So he was a Muslim from very, very early on. And he was about six years younger than the Prophet ﷺ. So he was about maybe uh, 35, 36 when he, he became Muslim around that age. Now, Uthman was from Banu Umayyah, uh, one of the, the great tribes in Mecca. So when his family found out that he became a Muslim, they reacted very harshly towards him, and especially his uncle, and they physically harmed him. But no matter what steps they took, like the other companions that were persecuted by their families, Uthman remained steadfast and never came away from Islam. Now, in terms of his physical appearance, Uthman was of medium height, he had a thick beard and hair, and he was big boned. And 
Abdullah ibn Hazm he said that I have never seen a male or female man I have never seen a male or a female more handsome than Uthman radiallahu anhu and so that was the physical attributes of Uthman in terms of his uh, companionship to the messenger of Allah sallam, throughout Mecca and Medina he attended all the major battles all the major expeditions with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam except for the exception of one battle and that was the battle of Badr and it's interesting that that battle we know that the messenger of Allah never intended to fight but he was going to raid a caravan but when when the 300 men were assembled Uthman was supposed to leave with them but his wife Ruqayya the daughter of the messenger of Allah was really really sick and so the Prophet actually left him behind with his wife Ruqayya the daughter of the Messenger of Allah to look after her and that is the reason why he missed the battle of Badr but even though he physically didn't take part in the battle of Badr he was still given his interestingly his share of the spoils so when the Messenger came back to Medina and we know the battle of Badr was a famous victory whatever spoils was handed out uh, divided amongst the army Uthman actually was given a part a share of those spoils as if he attended the battle and so really he, he, he attended everything and he never missed any of the campaigns with the Messenger of Allah And interestingly he was also a scribe of the Qur'an. So when the revelation would come down to the Messenger of Allah we know there were a few men that were scribes and the Prophet would tell them to write down the revelation. And Uthman was one of these men anhu. He also had the distinction, we know that in Mecca uh, the companions were persecuted really harshly and we said when Uthman became a Muslim his family also persecuted him and so the Messenger gave some of the companions permission to immigrate to Ethiopia to Al-Habasha and Uthman was actually him and his wife Ruqayya the daughter of the Messenger he was one of the first people to migrate and he has this unique distinction with the Messenger he said about him that Uthman was the first one to migrate to Allah for the sake of Allah after the Prophet Lut salam. So he had this distinction, him and Ruqayya, that were the first one to migrate for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after the Prophet Lut salam. Now in, there's two things that I want to discuss about Uthman that really distinguish him from the other companions. Two qualities of his. And these two things, first of all, was his character. Uthman was of exemplary character. He was of high character. And we said even before Islam, there was no defect in his character before Islam. So you can imagine after Islam. And one character trait that he was really known for more than all the other companions, he was known for his shyness. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, The most kind of my nation is Abu Bakr. And he said, and the most stern regarding the religion of Allah is Umar. And the most truthful in shyness is Uthman radiallahu anhu. And to, to give you an idea of, of the shyness of Uthman, at one time Aisha, she narrates that Prophet was sitting, reclining back and part of his leg was showing. And Abu Bakr came and knocked at the door and they allowed him in. And he sat down next to the Messenger of Allah And the Messenger of Allah as he was, he was reclining and a part of his leg was showing. Then someone else knocked and it was Umar. 
And he also allowed Umar in. And he stayed sitting as he was, reclining back, and his leg was showing. Then someone else knocked, and he, and he asked who it was, and they said it was Uthman. So when Uthman came in, the Messiah sat up, and he covered his leg. And Uthman came and sat down. And Aisha, she was a bit, you know, amazed. Like, she looked at the difference. She asked a messenger of Allah when they left, How come when Abu Bakr came in, you stayed sitting as you were? Then Umar came in and you stayed as you were. Uthman comes in and you sat up and you covered your leg. He said, Oh Aisha, should I not be shy of a man that the angels are shy of? And he said that if Uthman is a man of shy character, if I stayed as I was, he would have felt so shy that he would have felt uncomfortable and he wouldn't have asked me or said what he wanted to say and he would have left. So Prophet ﷺ said, Should I not be shy of a man that the angels are shy of? This was Uthman. It's narrated that even when he was in seclusion, when he was bathing himself, he would not straighten his back from his shyness. He would still try and, and cover himself up. And when we say shyness of Uthman, we don't want shyness to be confused with weakness and cowardice. Because Uthman definitely wasn't like that. As we shall see later on during his Khilafah and his martyrdom, he was very strong, he was very steadfast. And he was a very strong leader during his Khilafah. So Uthman, his shyness didn't make him weak or cowardly. But when we say shyness, this is a character trait where you don't want to attract unnecessary attention to yourself. You don't, you don't, you're not always loud and vulgar. You don't expose any nakedness. You, you're very careful about how you expose yourself how you dress, how you look. You're careful of being around others that are vulgar or, or, or um, acting in a certain way or dressed in a certain way. That This is the shyness that we're talking about. That doesn't mean that you're when, when, there's, when something needs to be said or you need to be strong and steadfast, you're not that. They're two separate things. And this is a unique trait to Uthman, that out of all the companions, he was known for this shyness in his character. And this is a trait today, subhanAllah, that's by and large has disappeared from people in our society. And it's very, very important, especially in our ummah, that we revive this unique trait of shyness in ourselves, in our children. Because today's society, everything operates contradicting this shyness, opposite to being shy. Everyone is loud, everyone is vulgar, everyone's always trying to attract attention to themselves, especially with the presence, presence of social media. You know, the amount of things that people post on social media, every single action, every mundane action, different dresses, different looks. You know, people can't, you know, they don't know what to do next just to attract attention to, themsel to themselves, to post something about themselves, to post pictures about themselves, their families. And so shyness has almost completely disappeared from the society. And for us, this is a trait that's highly recommended in Islam. It's a trait of the prophets. It's a trait that singled out Uthman from all the other companions. Don't seek unnecessary attention to yourself. Don't always be loud and vulgar. Don't always want to be that center of attention. If nothing needs to be said, don't attract that attention. Be calm. Don't speak too much. But if something needs to be said, then be brave. Be steadfast. But subhanAllah, this is a trait of Uthman's that really we need to be aware of. Uh, especially in today's society, that we keep this trait alive in ourselves, in our children. And we act that way in front of our children. 
to bring back the, this trait, this you know, this highly recommended trait in Islam that singled out this companion, radiallahu anhu. So that was one thing that he was known for in his character, his shyness. And another thing that he was known for, radiallahu was his generosity for the sake of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. His generosity and spending for the sake of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this, again, Uthman, there was no other companion that compared to him in the way he spent for the sake of Allah. He had no regard for his wealth, didn't think about poverty, didn't think about being poor, losing wealth. Whenever the Messenger asked for anything, Uthman was the first one and he gave like nobody else gave. And it's narrated that he purchased paradise on two separate occasions. And one of those occasions was when the Prophet ﷺ wanted to prepare the Muslims for the battle of Tabuk. The Muslims were going out to meet the Romans, a battle that they had never met the Romans in before. And the Prophet ﷺ had to prepare an army to travel weeks in the desert during the hot summer month. And he had to prepare 30,000 men, an army that had not seen at that time amongst the Arabs. So Prophet ﷺ came out to the companions and he asked, Strongly to give for the sake of Allah, to prepare such an army. And Uthman at the army, uh, at, at, when it came to preparing the army of Tabuk, he gave like no one else gave. It said, it said that, it's narrated that he prepared one third of the army. He gave 950 camels for that army. And he gave, he came to the Messiah and he gave him a thousand dinars. And the Messiah was so shocked by the amount of money that he gave. The Prophet ﷺ would hold these dinars up in his hands and he would say to Uthman, Oh Uthman, nothing will harm you after this day. Imagine he's telling Uthman, after what you have given, doesn't, it's like, doesn't matter what you do, no matter what sins you do, it's never going to harm you. You're going to enter Jannah. That's how much he gave during uh, the, the, uh, the army of Tabuk. So that was one occasion where he gained paradise from how much he gave. Another one was when the Muslims arrived in Medina, they had a lot of trouble in finding a consistent water source. They needed a well. And so there was one main well that a, a man owned. And Prophet ﷺ said, would you give it up in exchange for paradise? And that man said, a oh, messenger of Allah, it's all I have. I can't give it up. So Uthman said, a oh, messenger of Allah, if I buy it, will I get paradise? Prophet ﷺ said, yes. So this man, he sold it to Uthman, but he sold it for a very high price. Uthman still brought, uh, bought it radiallahu anhu and when he bought it he didn't have it for himself anymore but he gave it for the sake of Allah and he gained paradise from buying that wall buying a water source to feed the Muslims and the agriculture radiallahu anhu so on these two occasions Uthman's generosity was so much that he was promised paradise on these two separate occasions that was the generosity of Uthman radiallahu anhu and I want to mention something else um, about his character. Uh, he was given a name, he was called Dun Nurain. He was given this name, the possessor of the two lights. And the scholar said he was given this name, the possessor of the two lights, because he married two of the daughters of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. First, he was married to Ruqayya, as we mentioned earlier, that she was sick during the battle of Badr, and Uthman stayed back to look after her. But unfortunately, she died when the Messiah was out fighting Badr. And so when she died, 
the Messenger of Allah saw Uthman was so affected and so sad and upset that he married him his other daughter Um Kulthum. And subhanAllah, she also died. And Prophet said that had I a third daughter, I would have married her to Uthman. And so he was given this nickname, Dhun Nurain, the, the, the possessor of the two lights. And nobody has ever been known in history from all the prophets, from all the men, to have been married to two of, a daughter, of the daughters of a prophet. Subhanallah, and Uthman had this unique position. He was married to two of the daughters of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Such was his exemplary character. Can you imagine the confidence in the Messenger of Allah? How how the character of Uthman, his patience, his shyness, that he was so happy with him that he would have married him if he had more daughters. He would have married them to Uthman, and that speaks by itself. It speaks so highly of the character of Uthman radiallahu anhu. And we know the hadith of the Messenger of Allah that if a person comes to you to marry your daughter and you are happy with his character, with his morals and his deen, then marry him to your daughters. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ did. Such was the character of Uthman that he would have married him to all of his daughters one after other, radiallahu anhu. And that was Uthman during the life of the Messenger ﷺ and some of his character traits. And I would like to finish by looking uh, at the, the Khilafah of Uthman when he became Khalifa um, because he doesn't get the, the praise that he really deserves uh, for being Khalifa and what was done during uh, his Khilafa because we all know about the Khilafa of Abu Bakr what was accomplished and the Khilafa of Umar and the strength of Umar uh, but Uthman Radanhu also was a really strong Khalifa and he was Khalifa for about 12 years radiallahu anhu and as I said earlier, Uthman was known to be very, very shy. But this shyness did not equate to weakness and cowardice. And so when he became Khalifa, uh, the, 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 the Romans and the Persians, they saw this, uh, that when Umar died, he was assassinated and Uthman was the Khalifa. They saw this as a sign of weakness in the Ummah. So they rebelled in Persia and the, and the Romans also tried to reconquer in Asham and in Egypt all the lands that they lost. So there's enormous rebellion. And really a lot of the lands that were conquered during the time of Umar, the Persians and the Romans managed to reconquer those lands. So Uthman radiallahu anhu, when, he's, when this rebellion uh, appeared and the Persians and the Romans reconquered their lands, he, he organized the Muslims and he organized the jihad until he reconquered both those lands in Persia and in Asham, and in Egypt, and all the lands that, that the, the Romans tried to reconquer. So Uthman was, had that strong leadership in him, that the enemies of Islam took him to be weak, but he re actually had to reconquer the lands that the Muslims had already conquered. And this is not known, radiallahu anhu, about Uthman. And on top of reconquering the lands in Persia and Asham, he also expanded the frontiers of Islam. The jihad continued in a very strong way. He went into Africa, he went to Cyprus, he went into Turkey, to Armenia, into uh, India. And he also, um, he, uh, during, under his reign, the Muslims uh, became a naval power. So during the time of Umar, they conquered many lands, but they had never approached uh, the sea. They never built ships. And Umar, the companions were scared of, really scared of the sea. But under Uthman, the Muslims became a naval power, 
until they rivaled the Romans, the Byzantines, and eventually they overcame them in the battles uh, in the sea. So they became a naval power. So this is some of the conquests during the time of Uthman. Another accomplishment of Uthman during his Khilafah was that um, during his Khilafah, because the Muslim frontiers had spread so much, and there were so many Muslims and from many different lands, and the companions had spread into all the lands, Hudhaifa, one of the companions, he came across the Muslims quarreling over the Qur'an. And so different parts of the Muslim world, whenever a companion settled there, he would teach the Muslims to recite the Qur'an in this way. And we know that the Qur'an, there's different recitations. And certain words can be recited in different ways. And there's even different tajweedals. So the Muslims from Kufa, they would recite the Qur'an in a certain way. From Basra, they would recite the Qur'an in a certain way. From Asham. And so they would, they would come together for jihad. They would start quarreling over the Qur'an. Whose recitation is, is, is right and which one is wrong. So Hudayfa, when he saw this, he was alarmed. That the Muslims now are going to become like the Jews and the Christians. They're going to quarrel over the holy book. And they're going to dispute with each other. And they're going to be fractured over this issue. So he went back uh, to Medina and he went to Uthman and explained to Uthman the situation and he said, Our Amir al-Mu'mineen saved the Ummah from this fitna. So Uthman radiallahu anhu, he, he asked, he, a shura council was uh, put together and he assigned uh, certain companions for this task and he told them, bring all of the scripts together into one script and anything that goes against this script then burn it. So, and this is what we know today as the Uthmani script. So, the recitations that still existed in the seven Ahruf, the seven modes of reciting the Quran, uh, seven Mutawatir recitations, he said, bring them all into this one script, and anything that contradicts, contradicts this script, have it burnt, and nobody is allowed to recite the Quran except um, that it has to comply with this script. And so, he collected what we know today as the Uthmani script. And he saved the Muslims at that time from quarreling over the Qur'an. And it has survived to this day. And alhamdulillah, we know that the Qur'an has been protected. And we have, the Muslims have never quarreled or disputed over uh, the wording of the Qur'an and the recitation of the Qur'an. And now we come to the death of Uthman, Uthman the martyrdom of Uthman, which really... Um, in itself, it requires a, a lot of analysis, a lot of discussion, really many lectures. But inshallah, I'll try to summarize it. But basically, we said Uthman was Khalifa for 12 years. And the first six, seven years, uh, there was a lot of accomplishments in, in, in the way he spent, in the way he looked after the Muslims, the conquest, the collection of the Uthmani script. And uh, the Muslim lands were calm and peaceful. But the enemies of Islam, seeing the situation of the Muslims and we know having lost their lands, they were always conspiring. And so they conspired. And there was a man, his name was Abdullah ibn Saba. And it's said that he was a Jew. And he was a hypocrite. And he started artificially inciting rebellion against Uthman. And say so he would go from Asham to Egypt and Kufa and, and, and Baghdad to different parts of the Muslim world. And he would start speaking about Uthman, criticizing Uthman, the leadership of Uthman, that Uthman um, favored his relatives in high positions, in governorship. So a lot of rumors and criticism was started about Uthman and all of it was unfounded. 
But each time he would try and uh, uh, incite rebellion in the land, the Muslims would kick him out of that land. And he would go from land to land to land until eventually in, in, in Kufa and in, in Iraq, he gained a lot of followers and people started listening to him from the hypocrites and the enemies of Islam. And he gathered a, a large enough uh, force where they marched into Medina. And in Medina, they stayed in Medina and they started spreading these rumors and these criticisms of Uthman. Uthman is not fit for leadership. The Ali should have been the Khalifa. The Uthman has favored his relatives. The Uthman has given his relatives from Baytul Mal at, uh, from the Muslim treasury at the expense of the other Muslims. And so they, they stayed like this for days and weeks. And eventually, it was such a large group and a large rebellion. And Uthman anhu, the companions came to him and they asked him, allow us to kill them. Allow us to put down this rebellion. But Uthman was so scared of shedding the blood of the Muslims that he really he couldn't bring himself to retaliate against them, even though he could have easily had them killed. And we know he, he knew the prophecy of the Messenger of Allah where the Prophet said, once the sword is unsheathed, once the sword is drawn in my ummah, then that's it. It will, it will never be returned into its sheath. And so Uthman was really wary of this prophecy and this hadith. And he was really scared of, of committing bloodshed amongst the Muslims in Medina. So he tried calming them down, speaking to them. He tried listening to their complaints and dealing with their complaints one by one. Uh, he didn't do anything wrong. But we know this was an artificial rebellion. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was no true proper criticisms of Uthman. But they wanted to incite uh, disunity amongst the Muslims and they were there for one purpose to bring about this unity and, 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 and disharmony amongst the Muslims to, to weaken them to weaken their unity so no matter what Uthman did and no matter how calm he was with them they refused to listen and they kept up their rebellion and they and until eventually they besieged the house of Uthman and when the companions sent their sons to protect him Uthman asked him by Allah I ordered you to not to leave me and not, I don't want any blood shed on my part. Eventually, they, they besieged the house and they came into his house and a few of the very mischievous, mischievous of them, they came into the house of Uthman and as he was reciting the Quran, they killed Uthman and they shed his blood, radiallahu and he gained martyrdom. Now, Uthman, as I said earlier, he wasn't, he wasn't a weak character. And the reason he didn't fight them um, and he, he didn't relinquish his post because they came to him and they said, look, leave the Khilafah. You're not fit for it. At the very least, leave the Khilafah. We want someone else. But Uthman, he, he knew the hadith of the Messiah when Prophet said to him, O oh, Uthman, Allah might clothe you with a, with, a, with a cloth. So if the hypocrites want you to take it off, do not take it off until you meet me. And he understood this to be this cloth was the Khilafah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed this khilafah upon him. So this is a duty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He couldn't just relinquish this duty having done nothing wrong. So Uthman was very steadfast upon this that I, have, I haven't done anything wrong. I fulfilled the, the duties of the khilafah to the best of my abilities. I have not betrayed the, the Muslims. I have uh, implemented the Quran and the Sunnah. So I can't relinquish this, this task Allah subhanahu wa has given me, it will be dishonorable of me to just walk away. And so Uthman was very steadfast. So he said, I won't give it up. I've done nothing wrong. 
Even when they entered into his house, he wouldn't relinquish the Khilafah. He was patient and he died for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he gained martyrdom radiallahu anhu. Um, and that was the death of Uthman radiallahu anhu. And we know that the, with the death of Uthman, a chasm was opened in Islam that has not been shut since. And it sent ripples uh, inside the Ummah. And after that, there were so many incidents and it was all came from the death of Uthman radiallahu anhu. And this is Uthman radiallahu the, the Khalifa, uh, the, the, one of the companions that was promised paradise by the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa a unique character known for his traits of being shy radiallahu known for possessing the two lights, marrying the two daughters of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and known for his generosity that no one from the companions compared to him radiallahu anhu and known for his martyrdom and being steadfast upon what he believed to be the truth and he was very wary of shedding the blood of the Muslims and allowing disunity to come into the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته